Today's sermon title is Lucifer, Lover of Lies, or God Has a Goal for My Soul. You know how in the 1800s they would always give two titles to books? Well, today I have two titles. Lucifer, Lover of Lies, or God Has a Goal for My Soul. Lucifer loves lies because it's the only thing he's got. Lucifer loves lies because lies are the only thing that can motivate someone to reject God. Today we consider three of Lucifer's lies. Number one, your face has no place. Number two, your soul has no goal. And number three, your shoes have no news. We're going to counteract these lies with a little exercise. Repeat after me. You can point to your face if you want to. God has a place for my face. God has a place for my face. Number two, God has a goal for my soul. God has a goal for my soul. This is number two. Number three, your shoes. No, God has news for my shoes. God has news for my shoes. All right, number one, God has a place for your face. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has a place for your face. God has a place for your face. Thank you so much. Lucifer wants you to believe that you are random, but God created you because he loves you. Have you ever wondered why there are so many eggs and sperms that never result in a baby? Well, I believe it's because you, God wants you to know that he thought up all kinds of different people, different possible people. But when it came to you, he loved the idea of you so much that he had to make it a reality. <laughs> she says, that's scary. <laughs> no, God was thinking of you and he loved the theory of you so much that he had to bring it beyond a theory and turn you into a reality. God was not content with just the theory of you. He loves you. The Bible says that he knew you in the womb and he had a purpose for you in the womb. God wants us to estimate our value according to the value that he places on us. God wants us to love ourself according to the value or the love that he has for us. What love does God place on us? In Jeremiah 31.3, it says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. So God loves you with an everlasting love, which means he wants you to love yourself according to the kind of love that he has for you. John 3.16, we're all familiar with that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What value did God place on your soul? He gave his son to become one with the human race for how long? Forever. That is an eternal sacrifice. Jesus said, I'm equal with God, but I'm going to become a servant to man. And so now we get to experience the, the eternal 
advancement and the eternal expansion that God intended for the human race. Satan said, it's not good to be a servant. And God said, I want to prove to you how awesome the plans are that I have for you, that I'm going to become one of you. I'm going to lay aside my God powers and I'm going to become human. And I'm going to show you how awesome it is to be human throughout eternity. God loves us with an everlasting love. Therefore, God has a place for your face. What place does God have for your face? Revelation 7, 9 through 17. I'm not going to give you time to look it up. After these things I looked, starting at verse 9, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count, from every nation, all the tribes, peoples, and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, and palm branches were in their hands. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God saying, Amen, blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and might belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders responded saying to me, These who are clothed in white robes, who are they? And where have they come from? I said to him, My Lord, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will no longer hunger nor thirst, nor will the sun beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to the springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. I'm looking forward to that time. And isn't it a blessing to know that it's a great multitude? When John the Revelator, in the Spirit, in vision, saw this great multitude, did he see your face there? God has a place for your face, and it is in that multitude that is going to be worshiping before the Father and before the Lamb, before their throne. Your place, the place for your face, is in heaven, where joy and love will reign forever. Number two, God has a goal for my soul, and I can hear it in my spirit. If you would just do this little exercise with me. Close your eyes. And say to yourself, God has a goal for my soul, and I can hear it in my spirit. Lucifer's lies say that there is no goal for your soul. In fact, one of Lucifer's lies is that uh, we don't have souls, that we're just material, that there's nothing immaterial about us. Recently, I was shocked to hear that some atheistic scientists are even saying that consciousness is an illusion. Have you heard that? That consciousness itself is actually just an illusion? Uh, they say we're not conscious, that we have no choice. We are simply machines reacting to the stimulus in our environment. Lucifer tells the most ridiculous, bald-faced lies and gets us to consider them because so-called smart people repeat them. Recently, I was watching a panel of scientists talk about various subjects. 
uh, the astrophysicist whom you've probably heard, on, heard of was on that panel. Have you heard of Neil deGrasse Tyson, the astrophysicist? So Mr. Tyson was going on about how our very consciousness is an illusion. When he was done, one of the other scientists on the panel who did not agree with him asked him this simple question. He said, hey, Neil, are you conscious? I ask you the same question. Are you? Do you really have to wonder that some super smart astrophysicist says that consciousness is just an illusion? You are conscious. You know that I'm not you, and I know that you're not me. And you know that you're awake. Are you awake? Yes. You have a soul. Consciousness is a miracle. Rocks are not conscious. This carpet here is not conscious. Matter is not naturally conscious. It takes God breathing into matter to create a soul that is conscious. You are conscious because God created you to be a living, conscious soul. You have a soul, you are a soul, and God has a goal for your soul. And if you listen in your spirit, you can hear it. The Bible uses several different words to describe that unseen conscious part of us that thinks and knows and makes choices. And some of those words are soul, spirit, mind, and inner person. These all are basically pointing us to the same idea that there is a part of us that is more than simply material. You say, well, I don't believe in God. That's okay. God believes in you. And he is searching for you because God has a goal for your soul. What is God's goal for my soul? Well, I don't know what God's goal for me all the time is, and maybe you don't either, but I know in one general sense, Revelation 3.21 says, to the one who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I sat down on my father's throne. That's amazing. God is going to share his throne with us. What does that mean? Think of all of the galaxies throughout the universe. I think it means when the Bible says we are going to be kings and priests unto God, I think that it means we're going to share our story of what it was like to be redeemed out of a sinful world with the rest of the universe. I don't think God's done creating. This is a little bit of speculation, but he's such a creative God. I think he's going to continue to create new worlds, new people, new beings. And as those new beings come into existence, sin will never ever be a part of our experience again. Why? Because this is the lesson book of the universe. And we are going to get to go and tell them what it's like to be redeemed and why sin is just nothing but a lie. Nothing but a lie. God shares his throne with those who seek to be servants like God. Lucifer lied about God in the beginning. Lucifer says that worshiping God is not a gift, but it is God serving himself selfishly. Lucifer said that God is selfish. And then Lucifer said, I'm going to become selfish like God. And I'm going to worship myself. And I'm going to encourage other people to worship themselves too. That's what Isaiah 14, 12 through 14 is talking about. Listen to this. How have you fallen from heaven, Lucifer? You star of the morning, son of the dawn. 
You've been cut down to the earth because you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Did he really? He did not make himself like the Most High because he grasped for power. Nevertheless, you, Lucifer, will be brought down to the grave. Lucifer, Lucifer grasped at God's throne, so Lucifer was cast down from heaven to earth, and Lucifer will be brought to the grave. In contrast, Jesus, who was one with God, did the opposite. He volunteered to be obedient to God the Father all the way to the cross. That's what Philippians chapter 2 is talking about. It says, Do nothing from selfishness or conceit, but with humility consider one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, as he already existed as God, did not consider equal equality with God something to be grasped. He already had it. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant and then being born in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What did we read in Revelation 3.21? One who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat with my Father on his throne. Overcomes what? Overcomes the lies of Lucifer. Lucifer lied about God and said that God is self-serving, and that is, why he seeks our, that is why God seeks our worship and love. Jesus came to show that God seeks for us to worship him so that we can become more like him. God is love. God seeks our worship because God is the greatest servant of all. And God proved that by becoming a human being and dying to show us the truth about Lucifer's lies. Lucifer said he would become like God, but all Lucifer has done is brought woe and death. This is what Revelation chapter 12 is talking about. I'm going to read a few verses out of this chapter. And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. The dragon and his angels waged war, and they did not prevail, and there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They loved their lives, not even when they faced death. For this reason, rejoice, you heavens and you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you with great wrath, 
knowing that he has only a short time. There's three things that I want you to notice in this pa passage. Number one, Lucifer is angry. That's what great wrath means. He's full of rage. You can see this in what is happening in our country today and in the world today. People are getting angrier and angrier at each other. That's because Lucifer is angry and he spreads anger. Number two, we overcome Lucifer's lies by the blood of the Lamb. That's the most perfect revelation that God could give, that he is a servant, that he really truly loves, that he does not seek power in order for selfish reasons, but he seeks power in order to give power. So number two, we overcome Lucifer's lies by the blood of the Lamb. And if you want to overcome Lucifer's lies, study the truth about God revealed in the cross. Number three, we overcome by the word of our testimony. What is your testimony? How has God personally revealed himself to you? Thank you, sister. You talked a little bit about yours today. Being in a coma and overcoming cancer. And knowing even that we still have to face death, God gives us these miracles along the way to say, this is not the end. Uh, someone may say, well, I don't have a testimony. That's okay. Your time is coming. God is seeking you. Ask God for eyes so that you may see in the Spirit. Ask God for ears that you may hear in the Spirit. Ask God for the gift of faith. It is a gift. You can't just will yourself to believe. God has to show himself to you. What can it hurt, though, to ask God for the gift of faith? And finally, the last lie that we're going to counteract in this talk is that God has no news for your shoes to carry. Now, I want you to look down at your shoes right now and say, God has news for my shoes. God has news for my shoes. God has news for your shoes to carry to others. The Bible says God is love. So no matter what your belief system or non-belief system is, no matter what your religion or denomination, you can carry love to others. And when we carry love to others, whether we realize it or not, the Holy Spirit is at work. I was talking to a good friend of mine. His name is Bayard Park. Some of you may uh, have heard of him because I think a couple decades ago he was the pastor over at Franktown. But he's now a leader of a lot of uh, young people, all in their 20s, all working in the Middle East, some of them working in countries where sharing Christ will get them put in jail and even tortured. And he's in charge of them. And I was asking him, do you think that the Holy Spirit is at work even in non-Christians? And he immediately said, absolutely. He said, I'm working right now with a couple of Buddhist priests to raise awareness of how women are sometimes beaten by their husbands in certain countries where it's legal. And he says, we're working together to raise awareness that violence is no solution, that violence is not good. And he said, I see the Holy Spirit working on their heart, working together with a Christian. So wherever love is being carried, no matter what your shoes are, <laughs> you do have news to carry with your shoes. And if you believe in love, then you can certainly spread uh, th this love. So, God wants us to love ourselves according to the love that he has for us. And God also wants us to love others as we love ourselves. That's what Jesus taught. He said, 
love your neighbor as yourself. Lucifer said, I'll love myself above others. Lucifer says joy is found in exalting yourself. God says joy is found in exalting others and humbling yourself. We exalt others when we love others as we love ourselves. That's what Jesus did. Jesus' shoes had news, and that news is that God loves each one of us with an infinite love. 1 Timothy 4.10 says, We have set our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. What does John 3.16 say? God so loved only Christians? Amen, brother. Thank you so much. God loves the entire world. And he's the savior of the entire world. John said Jesus was the life that lights every person with life. God has a place for your face. And that place is in heaven. God has a goal for your soul. And that goal is to share God's throne. The foundation of God's throne is loving others as you love yourself. So let us today decide that our shoes will carry the news of love, not just in word, but also in deed.